you need motivation and inspiration to get you off the couch and boss up? We've got you covered. Welcome to the Build or Destroy podcast. Self-improvement, education, business, relationships, financial literacy, investing, and doing for self. Let's do this. Here's your host, Anthony Barber Jr., a.k.a. The Builder. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, good people? It's your boy back with another episode of the Builder Destroy podcast. And in this episode, we're going to get into part five of the Cashless Society, CBDCs. But we're going to expound on that uh, and throw in the BRICS versus the G7, along with the new digitalized economy. So let's get it. Now, uh, it's been quite a bit of information that dropped over the last couple months, you know, since we touched on these subjects. A lot of things have been moving and shaking in the market. Uh, a lot of things have been moving on a geopolitical scale. Um, a lot of things happening still over in Ukraine and Russia. Um, just a lot of economic um, juggling going on between, you know, all the nations. But we're gonna we're gonna just start narrowing this stuff down and bring it and bring it back around full circle, so that everybody can understand and get a full grasp on what's really going on here. Now, uh, today's date is March 29th, uh, 2023. Just for uh, record purposes, um, caught this Baron this article by Barons right. Um, it was talking about China Brazil to strike a deal to ditch dollar for trade. Now, a lot of people might say, well, damn, man, you know, who cares? You know, our dollar, you know, I'm, I'm a hardcore patriot. I'm hardcore American America is the shit. We're, we're awesome and nobody can mess with us. It's like, okay, yeah, I get I get what you're saying, bro. Like I live, I live in the States too. The States, you know, are, are the States. But the fact of the matter is, there's been a shift going on since basically since uh, our president, our new president, um, got elected in March, you know, of uh, and, and swore in, you know, um, in 2021, you know, and the markets have been going down since then. Everything's been a falling knife. We've been we, we've been in the bear market since around March 2021. Everybody knows this. And the financial sector has been like topsy-turvy. Uh, and a lot of people try to attribute that or blame it on Russia at first. Like, oh, Russia started a war. So that's why the global uh, markets are, you know, spooked. It's like, no, it's like they were posturing for that thing for a while, um, way before, you know, they were just waiting to see who the president was going to be. And you see what happened, you know, when a certain president got in and a certain president left. I'll just leave it at that. But back to this article, which is interesting because it says China and Brazil 
had reached a deal to trade in their own currencies, ditching the U.S. dollar as an intermediary. Uh, the Brazilian government said, you know, Beijing's uh, latest salvo against the almighty greenback. So, like, everybody knows, like, China is posturing to be the next big world leader, the next big, you know, ray of sunshine on a global scale that everybody kind of bends the knee to in a certain, you know, regard or a certain way. And a lot, I think a lot of a lot of a lot of things go over people's head when it comes to like a, a nation like China, right? Because they look at it like, oh, they're so dictatorial, they're communist, they put their thumb on their people's you know necks, et cetera, et cetera. It's like these are things that we know, but on the, like that are just obvious, right? But a lot of things that people don't really peep is, you know, the fact that they've been literally miles ahead they've been pushing you know by them having a society that they can that they can force people to work extreme amounts of hours where they can afford to like ramp up production and have production going non-stop where they don't have like where they don't have to worry about stuff like uh safety and like health standards like you know osha for example like they can just keep those chimney stacks smoking you know they can keep those coal stacks smoking like all day they can they can keep production up 24 7 they can out that's why they can out that's why they can out produce everybody that's why a lot of shit is made over there because and it's made cheap because it's like the lights are always on they can just keep working and work they'll work their people to death and essentially to get the shit done my, my point in all of this is like china is, has been fighting an economic war with the U.S. for 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 years. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people don't really know that. You know, it, which is kind of weird to me. Like they don't really see it like that because they see China like, oh, they're they're weaker than us uh, military wise. Like military wise, like they can't really fight us. Like like they have a lot of boots on the ground, but like we we are far superior to them. Uh, on a technological level and stuff like that and it's like okay yeah we that might be the case but like how can you like be strong how can you be stronger than somebody when you're essentially in their pocket when they're like producing goods for you you know how strong does that really make you look like economic wise like military yeah our military might is unquestionable like the US has uh, you know a great um, military, you know, we our mili- we will invest more than all the nations in our military. Why? Because we don't want to be defenseless. We got to we got to stay ahead of the game. So like, we we purposely overinvest in our military to keep it strong and vibrant and innovative and all that stuff, so we can outpace everybody because of you know the way we move around on the globe and the way and the way we do shit as a nation. It pisses a lot of people off, and the only thing that you know, and, and it's, it's it's not really hard for us to kind of bully a lesser nation uh, because of our military. You know, they don't want to fight. It's like, what you going to do, fight us? You know, you, you might not like how we move. You might not like what we do, but like, what are you going to do at the end of the day? You're going to fight us? Really? You're going to really, you're going to swing on us and, and have that problem on your hands? I don't think so. So like a lot of people know that as far as like that, but like the economic war that's been going on is like really serious. Like, you have and then you have stuff like this happening where 
It says the deal will enable China, the top rival to the U.S. Uh, hegemony and Brazil, the biggest economy in Latin America. Remember, Brazil is a lot of people sleep on Brazil. Brazil is big as hell, man. Like it's a giant economy. It's un and it's untapped. It's untapped. Like it's just waiting on like a lot of money to be pushed in there and a lot of investment outside investment to like build the place up and like foreign investment like they're just itching for it it's a it's a super big economy man like and it says uh they're uh they're going to conduct their massive trade and financial transactions directly exchanging yuan not usd um and in exchange they're going to exchange yuan for their uh ria their rias um which is their currency and vice versa instead of going through the dollar so like they're literally cutting the dollar off they're like we're not dealing with the dollar basically they're like screw the u.s we're not dealing with the u.s no more we're going to do trade i'm gonna I'm do trade for your currency we're gonna do a one for one swap my currency for your currency but we're not even getting the u.s involved so the u.s don't even get the u.s doesn't get to play that that classic uh middleman role you know that that they don't have they, they don't have to go through us essentially like they're like they like no we found a way to go around you so it says this expectation is that it will reduce costs promote even greater bilateral trade and facilitate investment like i said investment outside investment uh the brazilian trade and, and investment promotion agency apex brazil said in a statement uh china is Brazil's biggest trading partner with a record of 150.5 billion in bilateral trade just last year. So like China's a giant investor in Brazil. Like they're 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 they're, they're injecting a shit ton of money in in, in Brazil. So yeah, Brazil's going to fuck with them because they're like, well shit, like you're you're investing in us. Like why wouldn't we partner with you? You know, like you know, and, you know, it's like a mutual you know beneficial relationship. It says the deal will follow a preliminary agreement in January uh, was announced after a high-level China-Brazil business forum in Beijing. Uh, the Brazilian president, uh, Luiz Inácio Lula de Silva, was originally scheduled to attend the forum as a part of a high-profile China visit, but had to postpone his trip indefinitely Sunday after he came down with pneumonia. Uh, the Industrial Commercial Bank of China and, and Bank of Communications, BBM, will execute the transactions, officials said. Um, and China also has currency deals, similar currency deals with Russia, Pakistan, and other countries, namely the BRICS nations. Speaking of BRICS nations, Saudi Arabia, the oil-rich kingdom, has recently applied to join BRICS. You know, um, why is that important, though? I mean, it could be because Saudi Arabia just entered a trade alliance with China, Russia, India, Pakistan, and four Central Asian nations. You know, maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. But this article just dropped today also talking about Saudi Arabia entering a trade alliance with China, Russia, India, Pakistan, and four other Central Asian nations to develop uh, uh, for the development um after news of the first Wuhan settled energy trade. So this is like great, like like the BRICS nations are literally going full tilt in, into this, you know, this uh, conglomerate type of move, you know, and they're literally looking, they're staring at, at the G7 nations, which is the nations mostly of the West. 
uh, and they're staring them down. It's like a, it's like a, uh, it's like a standoff, and like they're they're posturing, but they're not doing it in a traditional way, which is like military. Like they're they're doing it financial. They're crippling the U.S. financial system because they're like, dude, like the U.S. imports a lot of shit. Like I, like I like I said in previous episodes, we don't have mangoes here. We don't have pineapple here. We don't have the best chocolate here. We don't have the best coffee here. Like we import a shit ton of stuff from other nations like that. We have like trade agreements with and trade and we do trade. You know, every this whole world is like um, a giant Silk Road, like like research what the Silk Road was. But it's basically like that. It's like that's how the planet is kind of set up amongst like these uh these developing or developed nations like they 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 barter with each other they trade hey man i'll give you so much money um for so many barrels of oil or hey i'll give you so many you know so much money plus so many tons of uh soybeans or so many tons of rice or so many tons of 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 beans or coffee or whatever my my nation's commodity is whatever i grow here that you don't grow that I like, I basically everything that's plentiful in my nation that you don't have access to, I could trade that because it's something that you you might either need or that you want. So I can I can barter with that. I have leverage. So like that's how the world works, man. And like when you have stuff like this happening, where Saudi Arabia, which is like I mean they're trillionaires, man. They're it's a trillionaire oil kingdom, like um, joining forces. You know, in a trade alliance with China and Russia and all these and all these other nations, man, it's a it's a big deal. Uh, it says the past few weeks have highlighted, and this is a Watcher Girl article, by the way, that dropped. Um, shout out to Watcher Girl. Um, says the past few weeks have highlighted the growing concern over the U.S. and de-dollarization. Moreover, the budding banking crisis continues, and various macroeconomic circumstances abound along. The debt ceiling remaining the concern. International trade is seeking other avenues outside of the U.S. dollar. There it is again. De-dollarization. Everybody's trying to get off of the off of the U.S. titty, man, because it's strength in numbers. Like, like, just to give you some perspective. Like the BRICS nations, they literally make up over half of the population on the planet. Like people-wise, like put that in perspective. Like they 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 make up more than half. Like. This is how many people like this is how much potential money that you're missing out on. This is how much how many potential trade partners that are cutting you off at the legs. They're like, no, we're not dealing with you no more. We'll just trade. We'll just trade amongst each other and screw the U.S. Like we were done dealing with the U.S. Like we're going to just build each other's nations up and, and, and do business like that. And anybody can make the argument and say, oh, well, these other nations are corrupt. They're violent. They're dick. They're ran by dictators, and it's like, okay, so you saying America isn't gangster? Come on, man. Like we're we're just as gangster. We just we just we look better doing it. Like we we're more sophisticated. Like we, you know, our our gangsters dress up and and and, and smile a lot on camera. You know what I'm saying? We're like. All these other nations, they kind of don't have time for all that. They just like, whatever, I'm going to just do some gangster shit. And, you know, if I'm wearing a suit when I do it, cool. If I'm not, whatever, like, I don't really care, you know, how I'm viewed. But this is what this is how I'm running my country. And it's like, you just got to eat that. Like, that's how that's how shit goes. 
But it says, uh, now following the news of the first Juan settled trade agreement, these steps have become clearly pronounced. Specifically, Saudi Arabia has taken notable steps towards joining a trade alliance with China, Russia, India, Pakistan, and four Central Af Asian nations. Like, but that all leads back to BRICS. Like, they, they, you know, they're all, they're pretty much going to join BRICS. Like, they already put the application in, <laughs> pretty much to join the CLIC. Um, uh, you know, the, it says the decision to join the um, SCO reported. Uh, falls short of full membership, but continues expanding uh, Rydell's interest towards the East. Conversely, decision follows a deal made in March for both Saudi Arabia and Iran to resume diplomatic relations to reopen embassies in each other's countries. And that's another thing. China literally came to the table as a mediator, pretty much kind of like what Trump was, what Trump was doing in the Middle East. And he, he basically got Iran and Saudi Arabia to kind of sit down at the table and like, and, and try to like get their shit straight to where like now they're working together because at the end of the day, the BRICS nations is basically about to be a us versus them scenario. It's about to be it's literally about to be the G7 versus whoever joins the BRICS. Whoever don't stay with the G7 or try to like join the G the G nations like or stay a G nation or whatever or whatever like I don't really think at the end of the day you're going to have any neutral nations it's going to be like one side or the other it's like either you're going to be either you're going to be cool with the west and you're going to invest with the west or you're going to invest and and team up with the BRICS like I think that's how it's going to go at the end of the day to be perfectly honest which brings me to my next thing right now this is the article that came out um, March 28th, which is uh, which would be the day before this day that I'm speaking on, which is the 29th. So this was yesterday. Um, it says this is a coin a coin telegraph article that dropped. It says the European Banking Federation shares its vision of digital euro, WCBDC, and bank tokens. Why is that important? Because the European, the, the euro is, is basically going away at a dodo. It's, the, it's, it's actually in worse shape <clears throat> than the U.S. dollar. Excuse me. Like their, 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 their system is like really jacked up over there. Like they, they're really not going to have a choice in a minute but to switch over to the CBDC. But it says uh, the European Banking Federation has released a paper detailing its vision for a digital money ecosystem for the future. That's, that's the CBDC system, which which basically, like I said, contributes to the Great Reset, which contributes to what? Cashless society. And the um, retail digital euro in particular, the carefully worded paper expressed values and concerns about the digital euro from the perspective of commercial banks. It's the same thing that's happening over here. All their banks are going to get consolidated. It's probably going to end up being to where like the government is just going to run it all. Kind of like what I think is going to happen in the U.S., where you're going to have all these massive bank consolidations. These smaller banks are going to get swallowed up, shut down effectively, um, penalized, and then or, you know, then they're going to have to be forced to shut down, or, they, or they're going to get bought out and absorbed, and then rebranded um, as you know one of the legacy banks, you know, Chase, J.P. Morgan, etc. But I also think even those big banks are going to basically be working directly for the fed like they're going to, like the fed is going to essentially run everything when it's all said and done in my opinion uh 
says the paper released on March 28 emphasizes the bank's values such as stability and privacy. Uh, that's weird. It called for closer public-private partnership in the introduction of the digital euro. There is currently no dialogue in place to address the fundamental changes and risks to the monetary and financial system, the paper said. At the same time, it stated that there, there's a need to be a framework for permanent high-level engagement. The EBF ecosystem vision emphasizes the role of the private sector in all aspects, beginning with the infrastructure, where Europe needs to lessen dependence on outside actors. <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, the ecosystem would contain three elements the digital euro, a wholesale central bank digital currency, CBDC, um, and a bank issued money token, which is a fancy way of saying everything is going to be a CBDC, but like the wholesale one and the, the, the bank issued token, those are basically white label versions of the same thing. It's just going to be like wrapped in a different wrapper you know a digital wrapper or whatever it's, it's no different than you know uh cardano and uh tether and ethereum and you know dash and uh zcash like all these things are different labels you know they're different wrappers like look at it like candy wrappers they, they do the same thing but you know one thing might have a certain utility or a certain purpose but it's the same fucking thing um and it says in the EB, EBF's vision, the digital euro should have three levels with a European central bank role and two industry levels. The first to interact with the single euro payments area and an industry B level that would subsequently develop and operated by the private sector. That's basically like government in a way. Um, in compliance with the principles set out by the previous layers so like the basically the 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 bank is going to is going to dictate everything you know it's going to flow down or whatever um it says those principles have yet to be developed fully now usually when they put news out like this when, when they when they let news out like this right there you got to look at it like from a perspective of if they let if they let this if they, if they let this type of news be known to the general public how just how far ahead are they that's how you kind of got to look at it because a lot of people were reading this and, and read that last part where it says like um it says you know those principles have yet to be developed fully and you know it talks about oh well this isn't done yet and this is kind of vague it's like that's just cause, just because they don't tell you everything is done doesn't mean it's not done like you know, just like it, this little excerpt, it says the European market needs the authorities to clarify the interaction of different and converging policy objectives, especially when it comes to the development of pan-European payment solutions at the point of sale and point of interaction. So basically cross-border solutions from uh, all, from the, Euro the, Euro the European nations are basically going to have their own cross-border payment system. So. And it's all going to be under one umbrella. Why? Because of the, it's because of the EU. It's the EU. So, like, basically, you know, a German uh, franc and like a Polish Zwarte will be, it'll be the same thing essentially. Like, it'll be like a an atomic swap type of thing. They got to, they basically got to get their shit together on a digital side 
to where like if I if I want to pay, if I'm German and I and I'm and I'm in Poland, I'm working in Poland. I go to like a coffee shop or I go to like a store to buy a T-shirt. I, and then my digital my digital phone wallet because everything's gonna be digital, it's gonna be on your phone. In my digital wallet, I might only have digital whatever the equivalent of the digital dollar is in Germany, like a digital franc or whatever, uh, German franc or whatever. Let's just say that I, I, I have I only have that. Well, they they need to create a system where like when I tap my phone on the on the little kiosk or whatever, it it knows to extract however much of that German currency and change it into Zwartha or change it into Euro or change it into, you know, uh, whatever other European country uh, country uh, currency I'm using, you know, unbeknownst to me, it'll all be handled in the background. That's what that shit. That's what they're talking about when it says uh, the European markets needs the authorities to clarify the interaction of different and converging policy objectives because like every country's gonna have their own different way of doing things you know like how they tax shit and you know all this you know stuff so they got to get that straight so they're basically saying yeah we're getting we're getting it all worked out right now we're getting the bugs worked out so they're pretty close on launching this thing in my opinion uh says the paper was careful to refer to blockchain technology only in reference to certain parts of its of its envisions ecosystem the wholesale cbdc where interoperability is key to enabling cross-border transactions with central bank money was assumed to operate on a distributed ledger. So like, of course, it's, this is what I mean. Like they're gonna basically use crypto as a weapon. Like, and people are really acting slow. Like they're like, yeah, decentralization and you know, we're gonna stick it to the man and you know, Bitcoin is, is the greatest. And it's like, bro, they're, they're gonna they're going to leverage this whole system against the people and it's going to be a, it's going to be uprisings it's going to be a lot of pushback on this shit when, once people's eyes finally get opened up to what what's really going on is i'm not going to say it's too it's going to be too late but it's going to be a lot of pushback it's going to be a lot of like crazy knee-jerk reactions because a lot of people are going to feel played and rightfully so, but it's like they're not really seeing it like that. And they have so much trust in these authorities and these uh, entities, you know, that they're kind of letting them just put this shit in your face and you're not even really questioning it. So you're not going to question it until, like I said in previous episodes, what if the, what if the governments in your prospective country, not even just the U.S., but what if the government in your prospective country puts an announcement out and says, by June 15th, you have to turn in all paper fiat. You have to deposit all paper fiat into your bank or you have or if you in it, or if you don't have a bank account, you have to bring it to a bank or bring it to a designated uh, cash or fiat counting facility and you and, and you'll show up to this building or show up to this bank. And then you can you can have your duffel bag, your brown paper bag, or a book bag, or whatever. And you can set that shit on the counter, and then they'll take all the money out of it, change and everything, and they'll weigh it and they'll count it, and then they'll ask you for paperwork. They'll say, "Hey, can you prove where you got this from?" And you'll be like, "Well, uh, I'm a freelancer." Blah, blah, blah. And they'll say, "Well, where's your tax forms showing you know who paid you for this service or that service?" And if you can't prove it, they're going to like basically double tax you because they can't they can't they know people are hiding money. They know people have money hidden under a mattress. They know people get paid under the table. 
They know people put money in a safe. They know people hide money by buying gold or silver or precious metals or diamonds or whatever. They know people like, or, you know, put their money into shit other than, you know, traditional, you know, banks or whatever. So they're going to, they, they know that. They're going to give everybody the benefit of doubt on that because they know. And besides that, they don't, they can't afford to lock up half of society for trying to like squirrel away money. They don't have, they don't have the prisons, enough prisons for that to lock up everybody. So they're going to make it seem as though they're going to lock you up or penalize you or fine. They'll find you. They might find you to death and say, okay, well, you're going to have to pay a fine on this money. You know, they might even call it a tax. They might say, okay, you're going to have to pay a special tax, but really it's a fine. It's like, all right, we're going to fine you a certain extra percentage because you can't prove where you got this money from. And then they'll take like, instead of taking 30%, off of the off of the top, they'll take seventy percent, and you'll be sitting there pissed off, like, wait a minute, I worked hard for this money, and they'll be like, uh, what well, do you want to go to jail, or do you want to like, what we, what are we talking about here? Because you're holding up the line, and you'll be like, okay, and then they'll 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 say, okay, we're gonna take your money, and we're gonna they're gonna say, okay, what's your wallet address? Because everything's gonna be like a wallet, like a digital wallet, like everybody's account. You might still have a bank account, but it's going to be kind of like set up like on a blockchain. And they're going to say, okay, what's your address? And you have to give them your little code. And then they'll transfer all your digital, your new money. They'll they'll swap it. They'll swap your fiat for digital money. And then you'll look at your phone maybe like a couple minutes later. And then inside of your bank account slash wallet, it'll reflect that amount. In whatever your country's CBDC is. So in the case of the U.S., you turn in a hundred thousand dollars, they tax you thirty to seventy percent. Let's say, let's say you can prove where you got the money from. They tax you thirty percent, so you got seventy thousand dollars that they deposit into your new account. But it's going to be, it's going to say seventy thousand USDC or USD or whatever the currency, whatever the, the digital dollar is. It's going to show that um, that it's not going to like, it's not going to be no such thing as like. Oh, let me go to the ATM and withdraw five hundred dollars. You know, it's like it's like no, it's like you going everything's gonna be digitalized. So like every payment, every time you make a payment, it's gonna be digital. Everything's gonna be you know paperless, cashless, paperless. Think paperless, cashless. You know, um, everything's gonna be like digitally paid. So like when you go to a restaurant, it's gonna be kind of like when you when you cash app somebody. That's why all these apps, this is what I'm trying to say. This is why all these applications exist. They're priming devices. They're not necessarily made for your convenience. They're priming devices. The same thing like a credit card or a debit card. You know, it's a it's a it's something to get you conditioned so that, you know, it's something that you've been doing. So that when you complain and you start bitching, they can say, whoa, 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 hold on. You you have Cash App, don't you? And you're gonna say, Yeah. You have Zelle, don't you? You're going to say, yeah, you're going to say you have PayPal, right? And you're going to be like, yeah, of course. And they're going to say, well, you have Venmo, right? And you're going to say, well, yeah, I got Venmo. And they're going to say, and they're going to start running down all these different apps that you, that you've been using for the last two to five to seven years. And they're going to say, well, what's the problem? It's the same thing. What's the issue here? You've been, this is what you've been doing. It's no different than. With, there's no different than sending somebody cash app. When you send somebody five dollars or fifty dollars or a hundred dollars or whatever in cash app, 
there's no physical transaction involved. I can literally, I live in Texas. I can literally send my mother a hundred bucks right now and she'll get it instantaneously and she's in Michigan. I don't have to physically walk, I don't have to physically hop on a plane and like fly to Michigan and knock on my mother's door, reach in my wallet, take the hundred dollars out and hand it to her. I don't have to do that. It's, it's literally instantaneous. You know why? Because everything is all code now. It's all digital code. It's no like money's fake. It's not. It's not real. Like it's not. It's not real. It's just a representation of some fake shit. It's, it's all like a video game. So that's just that. That's the euro. That's the digital euro. But bringing it back full circle, you have. A lot of stuff happening, man, in the country, man, where, you know, and this is just part, this is, this is, you know, part five, and I'm, I got part six coming up after this, but what I'm trying to get people to understand is, is like, this cashless society shit is happening in real time, and, and if you don't get your mind right and understand what's really happening, like, you're going to get caught up in the muddy undertow, man. Like, the wars, the, the the identity politics, the racism, the crime, um, the, 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 the economic turmoil, the inflation, all that stuff is there to, like, keep you so bogged down in negativity and that you're distracted from, like, a lot of the real shit that's happening. Not this, not, I'm not dismissing any of the other stuff that's happening in the country. I'm not. I'm really not. Please understand. But what I'm trying to get people to understand is like you have to be vigilant of like the shit that's like really and this shit is like in your face. They they drop these articles daily, like these news articles. But if but if you're not focusing on a sector, if you're not focusing on like global politics and geopolitical shit, like it's literally gonna miss you. You're not even thinking about it. You think you so you so hyper focused on like on a local level or on like a small minute level or you focusing on bull literal bullshit like shit that's like there to distract you like how many points lebron scored like who the fuck cares how many points lebron scored no offense to lebron but at the same time bro lebron's already rich like why aren't you trying to get rich why aren't you trying to make money like i'm not thinking about lebron i'm not thinking about going to no game and watching some rich dude get paid to play a game and I'm sitting there I literally paid I paid to go see the dude that's getting paid like come on bro like that shit is like maybe that's just me I'm not trying to sound ex- extreme but it's like I'm a firm believer in, in you should only uh eat what you kill so it's like LeBron is he's eating LeBron and all these other, you know any other I'm not I'm not trying to just you know hyper focus on him but he's a good example but I'm just saying like you know you can look, take your top musician your, your favorite artist or whatever you know they're, they're rich already man they're rich they're doing world tours they're being idol worshipped by people like they don't give a fuck about you at the end of the day at the end of the day movie stars everybody gonna get both barrels like they all got money already they gonna be alright when this shit go crazy when they go left like they're gonna be the ones that's okay telling you to be telling you to calm down and you fucked up you the one getting robbed in walmart parking lot for your bread and your potatoes 
and your groceries and shit because somebody else is like flat fucking broke and they can't feed their babies and shit because the economy fucked up. Like that's type of shit you need to worry about. That's type of shit you need to think about when you're moving around out here is generating more passive income, trying to start side businesses, trying to collab with people, trying to get, you know, some, some business off the ground, form an LLC, something like it ain't never too late because like you thought, uh, a lot of people think like capitalism is dead. No, capitalism just it just changed its uh its its face. It just got plastic surgery. Like capitalism is like even more hardcore now cuz we're we're entering into a digital world. So you got to be highly unpredictable. The the world is about to be real unpredictable probably for the next 20 years. It's about to be a lot of radical shit going on and you got to be willing to move and shake with the radical shit and be unpredictable yourself and do and tr- and step outside your comfort zone and do a lot of shit that you never thought you was going to do not nothing not, not nothing criminal but just like innovative shit creative get creative because like the government these these world governments and shit they're doing a lot of shit in your face and it's going to come to pass man a lot of shit is going to get crazy and watch what I tell you like if you're not if you're not set up mentally if you're not mentally set up for this shit it's going to get crazy, man. But that's a uh, part one of part five. Um, I got part two dropping next, man. Um, just stick with me. Uh, let me know. Um, comment on this podcast. You know, hit me up on Twitter uh, at The Builder. Um, let me know what you thought about the episode. You know, comment on the episode. Uh, retweet it. Share it. You know, etc. You know, if you got any other episodes you think or topics you think I should touch on financially or whatever, you know, just hit me up. Let me know. Um, all my information to be in the, um, in the show notes where you can contact me, email, etc. So, but I just wanted to put this out here right quick, man. And I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Build or Destroy podcast with your host, Anthony Barber Jr., a.k.a. The Builder. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into all the tips and tricks you can use to boss your life up. If you're interested in expanding your mind and reaching your definition of freedom and how these ideas and views can be applied in the real world, tap in with us next week. As always, you can head over to www.builderslsb.com to cop some motivation, dope merch, and sign up to our email list. And don't forget to check out all the links and resources in the show notes. That's all for this episode, folks. And as always, boss up instead of laying down.